Welcome back to the Restorative Grief Podcast with Mandy Capehart. I'm your host, Mandy, and I'm so grateful that you've chosen to join me again. Each episode is written with a desire to help you grow in grief literacy and understanding so that you can become the person you need the most when it comes to navigating loss. There's an invitation that goes around social media every few years, and I saw it again this week. Become the person you needed most when you were a child. And the same is true of grief. By deciding to do this work for ourselves, we become the space holders and grief supporters we are looking for in the world around us. With any luck, our newfound knowledge and awareness of loss will create that same space to heal for others we encounter as well. This week, we are going to run down one of my favorite rabbit trails. The last few episodes of our show have hopefully felt like an invitation to become curious about your own grief story. Often I find that we are resistant and nervous when it comes to our stories. We carry judgment from our own thoughts or even from the opinions of others. Maybe we struggle to see the value of our own lives or story because our filter of grief has become too clouded. And if there's one thing I know for certain, it's that in grief, we all want clarity. We are all searching for answers and it makes perfect sense. We want understanding or maybe even closure. However, I believe that before we can find the movement we're looking for, we have to figure out what role we actually fill in that story. I don't hear this talked about often enough, but when you are grieving, whether it's over a job, a relationship, or a life, there is a significant secondary loss that we can miss if we're not careful. We will never be the person we were before, and now we may even have an unsteady understanding of who we are going to be in the future. Our stories and words shape the world around us, so it is crucial that we come to understand who we are to the narrative. How do we fit into our own stories? This is a super important work to take on in a season without active grieving, but it really becomes necessary in the face of great loss. And yet it seems impossible to see ourselves when grief is holding up the mirror. Our reflections feel distorted, unfamiliar. We carry criticisms and blame, condemnation, and a load of what ifs. Learning to see ourselves through a lens of non-judgmental curiosity is the linchpin for anyone chasing down a breakthrough in their grief. And one such tool for self-awareness, discipline, and restructuring is known as the Enneagram. If you're not familiar with the Enneagram, that's okay. I'm not going to do a deep dive into the tool itself, nor do I want you to think that this is the only tool for self-knowledge and progress toward healing. It's simply one of the many that's available providing a high level of insight toward ourselves. It invites compassion for our story and helps draw a path toward balance and realignment of our disparate parts. Author Hannah Posh writes, our survival stories are often the passwords to our healing. I love that quote because in grief, we feel locked up. We have fallen out of alignment. Don't you feel discombobulated or disoriented? I bet you might even feel pretty damn broken. And that's the trouble with misalignment. Our minds, bodies, and spirits are no longer on the same page. So any little disruption can send us right back into lockdown. If you learn nothing else from me, learn this. 
It is your great calling in life to find a way home to yourself in mind, body, and spirit. The techniques and support you gather around you to do so is up to you. And the Enneagram is just one of those tools available. It's not a test on the internet. It's not a book you can read and then move on from. The Enneagram framework is an invitation to practice lasting and extravagant mercy over our broken hearts, to wander intentionally toward wholeness, to recognize that owning our story is the key to unlocking our healing. And perhaps most importantly for grievers, the Enneagram can help you stop shooting on yourself as you heal. Let me explain. First, take a moment to be honest with yourself. When is the last time you said, ugh, I should have just done it even though I didn't want to? Or maybe yours sounds more like, ugh, I should just give this up to God and let him handle it. This shooting language is more commonly known as a cognitive distortion. But even more often than that, we simply call them lies we are believing. And that's true. Cognitive distortions are lies about our identity, our responsibilities, or our place in the world. But they are a manifestation of internalized shame. And shame does not get a seat at our table, my friends. While shame can motivate us to reach some short-term goals, there is very little long-term value in anything built on such a shaky foundation. So I appreciate the Enneagram because figuring out where you fall in its framework can feel like coming home to yourself when you hardly recognize who you are anymore. I remember when I first learned about the Enneagram, I was actively grieving, I was confused, I was hurt, and I was trying to sort out what number made the most sense for me. I was just hopeful, even though it was taking a very long time, that a little bit of external knowledge could act as a salve on my wounds. I was elbow deep in shame and shooting language after so many losses. But I love this quote from author Don Richard Riso. The process of transforming the heart can be difficult because as we open it, we inevitably encounter our own pain and become more aware of the pain of others. In fact, much of our personality is designed to keep us from experiencing this suffering. We close down the sensitivity of our hearts so that we can block our pain and get on with things, but we are never entirely successful in avoiding it. Often we are aware of our suffering just enough to make ourselves and everyone around us miserable. But if we are not willing to experience our own hurt and grief, it can never start healing. Shutting out our real pain also renders us unable to feel joy, compassion, love, or any other capacities of the heart. Every moment has the possibility of delighting us, nurturing us, supporting us, if we are here to see it. Grief is a transformative event in our lives. And I have a feeling that every one of you listening already knows that. But as Riso so plainly states, we have a choice to make. We can continue resisting the pain in our story, knowing it will lead to a continually numb atmosphere in our minds, bodies, and spirits. We can ignore our stories, or we can ever so gently tiptoe toward a new way of seeing ourselves. You can use the Enneagram as a tool for spiritual discipline, for team building, or as a way to understand others. It's not just a tool for the grieving, although I might argue that we are all grieving at any given moment. You cannot use the Enneagram as an excuse for poor behaviors or justification as to why you just don't like someone. 
but you do get to use this framework to ask some big questions of yourself, to become more curious, to let yourself off the hook for things you've always done that are probably connected to an old unaddressed wound. But more than anything, you have full permission to engage your grief through this lens in a way that brings you right back into alignment without shame for how you started or where you are headed. I love the Enneagram as a tool for grief because it gives us permission to learn how best we can heal and tell our stories with extravagant compassion and grace for our process. Thank you for listening today. I hope you are feeling at least 1% more hopeful and settled in your story than when you first hit play. And if that's the case, would you consider leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcasts? Your feedback means so much to me and helps me get the word out about this work and our grief community. And I want to say thank you to every one of you who has shared, promoted, or spoken with a friend about restorative grief. With each conversation, we are bringing more grief literacy and healing into the world. Until next time.